Hi, this episode was recorded live with our patrons on Patreon a couple of weeks ago after the Survivor 43 cast officially dropped. We got together with our patrons and went through each cast member talking about them and talking about the tribes and making some first boot picks, some winner picks, and chit-chatting with the patrons. This is an abridged version of that conversation. If you would like to see the whole recording, you can become a patron by going to patreon.com forward slash drop your buffs, where we are going to be going live more frequently uh, as Survivor 43 gets going to keep up with what everyone is thinking of the new season and how the new cast is faring. If you're interested in joining up, we would love to see you there. There is a link in the show notes to our Patreon where you'll find all of the details that you'll need. Everybody, 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 drop your Welcome back to Drop Your Buffs. I'm Sean Ross. I'm Evan Ross Katz. We do not have the song uh, queued up because we're just learning uh, how to do this. I mean, I'm learning how to do this. I somehow went through the entire pandemic without having to use Zoom, believe it or not. I mean, I've like participated in Zooms, but I haven't used Zoom, so I'm sweating. Um, but we're super excited to be here. We're super excited to see you. Uh, feel free to turn your cameras on or leave them off. I don't care. This isn't a work meeting. But we're just happy that anybody is here. And we're so excited. It's our very first Patreon event. And we have a brand new season of Survivor coming up. Survivor 43. We can't wait to see how this plays out. You know, it's the new era has already had two seasons under its belt. And we've got sort of like a reset, I feel like, because now these people have seen Survivor 41 and at least some of Survivor 42. So how are they going to react to some of the changes in this era. And uh, we've finally been introduced to who these people are, at least on a surface level. And so we are going to read them today. (laughs) Yeah, I do just want to preface, though, by saying that I feel like, well, I think this goes without saying, we don't know these people. We are judging a book by its cover. We're putting that all all out there. Many things we say are going to be proven wrong, probably from the outset of the first minute of the season premiere. We own it. You can feel free to add us and tell us. I don't mind. But yes, we own the fact that we are making an assessment with very little to work off of. And I think that if there's anything I took away from watching this welcome video, it is that Survivor is very leaning into the idea that in order to come on this show, you need to have a story that is played out in your life prior to coming on this show that you are going to bring to this show. You are no longer able to be like a John Carroll and reveal something about yourself organically. You need to come ready with your a story of a lived experience in your life that you are going to put face forward into this show. You might feel a certain way about that. I certainly do. But if nothing else, I just think we have to recognize that this is a different um, introduction that the show is purposefully making in in the sense of how we meet these players. Yeah, it's giving America's Got Talent at this point. Everybody has a story in the words of Amanda Marshall. So, Oh, I was going to say everyone has a story in the words of Kathy Lee Gifford. Okay. Yeah, that is also true. But I'm Canadian. So let's 
let's go for it. I have some visuals uh, <laughs> to help us along because we don't know these people. So I have made a slideshow, an actual slideshow that I'm going to present like I am in first grade. First graders don't present slideshows. No, I feel like you're giving like uh, fifth, sixth, seventh grade, maybe. Seventh grade. Seventh grade. Okay, okay. Tell me if we're seeing this. We're going to talk about these people based on their tribes. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at the tribe. This is who we're dealing with. Then we're going to walk through each individual contestant. And then at the end, we're going to like revisit that tribe and just maybe talk about how their dynamics might play out as based on the little information that we have about these people. And then we'll move on to the next tribe. And then at the end of it all, uh, we're going to open up the floor for comments, input, thoughts, questions from you all. So let's go ahead and get it started with the Baca tribe, uh, who we have here. It's like maybe um, it's an interesting tribe. It's uh, It would be interesting to like try to sort of uh, compare them to tribes from 41 and 42, if we remember who's on those tribes. But um, this tribe, I feel like, has some difficult dynamics that they might be working with. But let's see how that might play out by looking at our first person, who is Ellie Scott. So she is a psychologist, and she seems to lean heavily on the psychologist aspect of things. And I feel like there's a couple people. <laughs> there, are, I feel like there's a couple people, and it's giving Tori from season 42 a little bit. Yeah, hopefully with a little less, you know, conspiracy theorist mix in, but yeah. Well, we've got plenty of that to come in another <laughs> contestant. So <laughs> I was so, going to say thank goodness, but I hope there's my tinge of irony is felt. Yeah. So Ellie says that she knows how to get people to open up and talk about trauma. I don't know. Is that a helpful characteristic to have on Survivor? No. You know, I mean, certainly like a, a lot of people talk about their ability to read people or tell when people are lying to them. But I feel like this is a distinctly separate skill set from that. Yeah. And I think it's at this entry, which we need to talk about uh, the CBS Photoshopper, because they had a task in a, a tall order ahead of this special, I don't know, YouTube video or whatever this was. The amount of blurring, and I bring it up because we have a shot of Ellie uh, with a patient. Multi shots, actually. That, that's We go from one frame to another, and there's a photo on Ellie's desk that is blurred out. This is just, you know, uh, the, the norm here. We, there's so much blurring happening throughout this episode. It's like... We episode. You're, like, so you're talking about the one minute meet you videos, right? That yeah, are on sorry. Social media. I watched yeah. it. Sorry. I watched it <laughs> as a 15 minute. So I really I I mainlined it. And I just was incredibly impressed with the lengths that the Photoshopper went to say, no, 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 we have to use this shot. I'll fix it. I'll fix it. I'll blur the faces. No, no, no liability whatsoever. Yeah. So you're you're talking about this like it's episode zero of Survivor 43. Yeah. Um, really, it's just the one-minute videos strung together. You can find those on YouTube or just like on the social media. I think they gave them to each of the contestants to post on social media, but um, they're giving very little, to be honest. But there's a lot of blurring. There's a lot. Yeah, I mean, in that sense, and this is like something I feel strongly about, it's like I feel like if the players were asked less questions about themselves or the game of Survivor and more sort of like questions that's like, you know, say you had 
this opportunity and here are like some, say you were on vacation and it was uh, the last day of your vacation, what would you want to do? Like, I, that's a horrible example, but do you know what I mean? Like more questions that are sort of just like open-ended that don't force them to speak about themselves. Um, I think that would really be beneficial because I think that both you and I, our takeaway from this is how little we learned. And obviously there was little time with them, but like, I don't know. Sometimes it's like you can leave a big impression in a little amount of time. And that didn't seem to happen here. And I don't know if it's I don't know if it's the contestants or the format. Um, but no, I did not leave this with uh, thinking like, oh, oh, my God, I need to watch how so and so is going to play the game. And I think that definitely applies to Ellie where I uh, she seems she seems sweet. She seems great. Interesting, because I felt like of all the profiles, Ellie stuck out to me a little bit more than some of the others. And mm. I'll tell you why. It's because of this quote that she said about Sabri, where she was talking about how, I don't know, everybody this season seems to think that they're going to play like Sabri, which... It's like... Yeah. I, hey, if they do, great. I would love that. But I sincerely doubt that that's going to happen. But she's talking about Sabri, and she says, so that Sabri was a gangster in an Oprah suit, which I think is something that Sabri said or something somebody said about Sabri. I've heard that before and she says that she's going to be a wolf in a Brene Brown suit oh yeah no that is a quote that that I will that's say a quote about. yeah that, no, that is, is a quote certainly a quote I imagine <laughs> a couple hundred people are going to be googling Brene Brown at some point um yeah no but but also she um she just sort of lacked a spark or a uniqueness about her. Like, I, I don't know. Again, someone who I'm like, to me, it's like, yes, advance her to the next round. To me, this is very much like those early days of American Idol when they go into the city. And like, there's not a lot of consequence with who they who they let through. It's like, sure, you're. I guess they're going to Hollywood at that point. So they are investing in a flight for them. But like, it's not a huge commitment at that point. So Ellie, to me, it's like, yeah, send her to Hollywood. Like, she's through the next round. But I'm not sure if I'm like, hmm, there's a lot hmm. more that like to, to Ellie. Yeah, I, oh, I think also, the, sorry. the red flag for Ellie for me is that she said she has this quote in her opening video where she said, I don't see Survivor as just a competition. I see it as a vessel for growth and transformation, which like, that's great. But I don't know that you're going out there for that. Um, but but I will say that that's also what led me off of Erica's trail in 41 is that in her intro video, and I specifically remember this, that she was like, uh, after the pandemic, I like sort of, I'm chilled out on like, I have to go play this game really, really hard, which well, she didn't really play it that hard, but she did win. She ended up winning. So there's that. Um, and so it's like, maybe, so this could go one of two ways. Either it's like, she's just going there for growth and transformation. She's never going to win. Or by not focusing so much on having like, to make these big moves and like put your stamp on the game, maybe that does get you to the end and like in Erica's case, get you a win. Yeah, I think also too, like when you're so explicit about going into something like Survivor looking for growth, I think you're sort of setting yourself and potentially the audience up with this like sort of, I don't know, again, I'm sure this was filmed after the fact. Um, but it's just, I don't know. I th When I think about growth on Survivor, I always think about Sean Rector from season four, Marquesas, someone who really, truly like grew on that show. And I don't think he came in there with the intention of growing. I think he came in there with the intention to play the game of Survivor and growth is something that is a byproduct. So I just think the intentionality out of something like Survivor, I feel like is, I don't know, it's, it's I think you're, to me, it's, it's sort of highlighting something that I show me, wait, no, 
Yeah, show me, don't tell me. Yeah. Okay, and then one other thing, just to circle back really quickly, uh, the like, I want to play like Suri thing. Listen, if you're going to reference wanting to play like a character that has played multiple seasons, in Suri's case, four times, let's get specific here. Tell me which season of Suri you want to play like. She played four different games. Part of the reason we love Suri is because of her dynamism. So to say you want to play like Suri, she's too agile to say that like that. there's one mode of playing for Suri. So I think that like, it's a little diminutive here. Like let's, you know, give me, specifics tell me either the season or why you're gonna play like Suri cite a specific move like I just think saying you want to play like a certain player and granted she's answering the question she was asked but I think you got to go deeper with that question to like give us something to work with yeah uh, I'm going to interrupt here before we move on to the next player because I just got uh, breaking news that Ricard has to leave us in five minutes and I do want to call on him hi everyone hi um, before you go, do you have a favorite player from 43 that you're most excited to see? I have two things. I have a favorite player that I'm very excited to see. Um, I have some, like, I have a lot of faves, but the one I'm really stoked to watch is Owen. Owen Knight. Okay. I'm oh, yeah. so excited to watch Owen Knight. Okay. Amazing. Thank you, Ricard. Time to make Thank dinner you. for my kids. <laughs> okay. Bye. <laughs> Okay, let's move on to our next contestant. Ellie here. got a lot of screen time by way of our transition. I know. Wow. Probably more screen time than she I'm glad she got more than this next contestant. <laughs> Sorry uh, to say. Mike, uh, Sorry to Gabe, this man. Gabler, I think it's Gabler. Um, and he goes by Gabler. So it's either Gabler or Gabler. I'm going to call him Gabler because it just sounds right to me. Now... Can Please. we talk about the fact that we have a contestant coming up, a 42-year-old woman who cites the fact that she is one of the older players in the game, LOL, that 42 is old now. And I also don't know if she chose to have that be an identifier or whatever. But here we have this 52-year-old man. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't believe his age was mentioned at all mm -mm. in his video. No. Okay, so I just think it's interesting, again, with the sort of, like, show, don't tell. And this is a show, I need not tell you fans here in the room, where it's, like, BB, uh, Rudy, Sonia. Like, we have seen truly, like, geriatric people not only play this game, but excel at this game. So when you're... Mother. So when you're going to give this 52 year old is the oldest member of the cast, but the 42 year old is the one out here saying, you know, I might as well get out my walking stick because I, you know, it's just like in, you know, read the kids a bedtime story. It's just, this is just, I want, I want old people on this show yeah. so bad. This is a young skewing cast. Like the average age of this compared to, I feel like, 42 was a little bit older. Like there were, we had more people in like the 30s and stuff. We got a lot of 20s and like we got that 19 year old. Like it's a young cast, which I typically don't love, but I'm going to reserve judgment on age. This is not an ageist podcast. Well, but aren't we like, is there, is there like something where it's like, I am ageist towards, I, I know, don't want I'm young ageist people. against young people. I'm reverse ageist. <laughs> yeah, is that a thing? Reverse ageist. Um, uh, no, but truly, I just think that there's a dynamism that is brought when people, I mean, I'm not saying anything revelatory here. When you have more life experience, I think you have more to bring to the table. And it's like, yes, I appreciate when this person's like, I just graduated high school and here I am on Survivor. Thank you, Spencer uh, from Token Sheens. But still, I think there's something nice about I've lived a lot of life. I've, I don't have a lot of time left. And I perhaps want this to be one of my last adventures. And not for nothing, people went crazy for Rudy. It's like... The old people have been like fan favorites on this show. Yeah, <sighs> I know. 
Okay, well, let's, let's talk about this guy because um, we are 26 minutes into this and we're only on our second <laughs> contestant. <laughs> We're gonna start. We're gonna start cycling faster. Uh, so he, to me, is giving Brad from Forty One. Like he's just like the tall. Do you remember Brad? Barely. He's like just like tall, lanky. He's so like a little strange looking, like older guy. And um, but his situation, he is not a Brad because Brad was like a rancher or something. This guy works in an operating room. He's a heart valve specialist. So he thinks that like, you know, working in high stress situations, whatever, it's going to help one survivor. I don't know about that. But uh, he th- this is the thing. This is the red flag for Gabler, if we're calling him that. Uh, for me, is that he says that the longer people have to get to know him, the better he'll do. My question is, is he going to be around long enough for people to get to know him? Because to me, he's giving like big pre-merge boot vibes. Yeah, and I think he is one of, I think we get this at least six, if not eight, if not 10, if not 18 times of a person coming in and saying, I might look this way, but I'm actually this way. People judge me when they see me, but when they get to know me, they learn this. It's like he, we just this over and over and over again. Yes, people in this world carry preconceptions. They are often proven not to be true. Um, One of his pet peeves is men in skinny jeans, which it's like, what year is this? (laughs) Feels vaguely homophobic. (laughs) Although I can, I don't, Totally disagree. It's like almost we're we're almost at the. I mean, we're at the point now where like that's not a hot take anymore. Yeah, because <laughs> like, he's right. But like, tell me more about like you have one opportunity to mention a pet peeve, and that's the pet peeve. Well, his other pet peeve is unfairness. Not great. It's not a it's controversial not pet peeve. Yeah, no, not not not. Okay, at all. enough about Gabler. Let's move on. I to... do like the hat. Yeah. Oh, we haven't been talking fashion. Well, you know what? Let's I talk think there's fashion a reason. Here. Let's talk yeah. fashion here. Okay. <laughs> Mariah Young. So I would say that of uh, this entire cast, probably the face of the season so far is Mariah, for better or for worse. Let's get to it. So this is, uh, I think, I, I mean, I just have referred to her as Rainbow Girl. The The gag is and if anybody knows like please feel free to correct me but she's not gay this is a straight woman uh who bases her entire personality on rainbows um i i shouldn't say that she's not gay i don't know but she has a boyfriend so i don't know maybe maybe she is lgbt i don't know but uh, i just think that like well for a show that often likes to like you know spoon feed every detail i think that like I don't think it's like Survivor to cast a bisexual or pansexual woman in a relationship with a man unless it becomes a central plot point on the show. Yeah, true, true. She is a performing arts teacher. uh, And I think that that explains some things. But like, if you look her Instagram up, it's kind of like the rainbow thing is not a gimmick. Uh, She has rainbow wallpaper in her house. She recently filled in her fireplace with uh, brick that has been sort of like ombre rainbow painted. The entire, like it is in her entire life, she lives in a rainbow. And I don't know what the end game is there, but uh, she seems to be having fun. She she says that she's going to be perceived as a big threat because of her big personality. So what she's saying is like, 
she what, what did she say in that video that every every room every space she enters she wants to leave it brighter than when she when she leaves than when it when it was when she got there and um she's relating that then to her social game that that's going to be threatening that's going to be a threat to other people because she's just so likable and that this is certainly a situation where i'm going to need her to show me not tell me because um it's really hard i think to say like everybody loves me in a video where it's just you because i need to see that everybody loves you because the vibe i'm getting right now is weird yeah, no, Mariah is giving me Big Brother contestant more than Survivor, just mm. with her energy. Um, and yeah, I just, I think with Mariah, it's, I, I guess, and this isn't a knock at her, but it's like, when someone says they have a big personality, I feel like big personality is all relative to the personalities you're enmeshed with. Um, and so I, I don't really, it's not giving me a lot of information to say you have a big personality. Um We'll see. I mean, I feel like uh, Mariah is one of those players. I feel like I w- I'm about to say a thing that I hate when people say, but I'm just going to say it and then I'm going to call myself out. I was about to say she's either going to be someone that's going to be a very early boot or she'll make it to the very end, which is a meaningless thing to say, which means we should move on to the next player. <laughs> yeah, she's either going to win or lose for sure. Yeah, yeah. One There's or the no other. Question. It's bound to happen. You heard it uh, here I first. do. I do. I will say before we move on from Mariah, I uh, that when asked in her bio which past survivor she would play the game most like, I really have to give it to her because she said James. She said James, don't bite the apple. Stay true to your alliances as best as you can and stick it out to the end, which I think is actually sound advice. And like anybody yes. who invokes James in this cast that is only talking about Sandra Boston Robinsery, I have to respect. Absolutely. And I think, and and hopefully for anyone watching Big Brother 24, hopefully we will see this play out in this current season. But like there is something to be said in 2022 about entering an alliance and just saying, I'm sticking with this. I will not backstab these people. I miss that mentality so much. These people come in. There's several times in these videos where the person's like, I'm so sweet, but I'm not afraid to, you know, twist the knife. And it's like, no, 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 just be so sweet. You don't have to have the edge necessarily. There's like this feeling with so many people where it's like, I'm really, really genuine, but, and it's like, no, 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 back it up. Just genuine. It's okay to just enter this game and be loyal. I would love to see that. That to me would be a subversive way to play the game these days, unfortunately. True. True. Okay, let's move on to Owen Knight, uh, Ricard's fave pick right now i didn't ask him winner pick i said fave pick so this is owen knight he seems to be an early favorite not just of ricard but of sort of like the twitter verse that i am seeing around the survivor 43 cast he's a college admissions director but he's 30 years old that's interesting wait why is that interesting well it just seems really young to be a college admissions director oh what am i I like you just got my best friends is a college admissions yeah how old are they uh, uh, 32. Okay, well then. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't feel Forget what I said. <laughs> I think of us, uh, I, maybe I don't know what a college admissions director does. Um, I feel I like they increasingly want them. I feel like they want them younger these days because they can relate more to the experiences of a college kid. Okay. Okay. Um, Any college admissions advisors on the line? <laughs> Let us know. Who's your winner pick? Yeah. He says he grew up watching Survivor and daydreaming about seeing his name in the opening credits, but I got bad news for you, Owen. Listen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's like, it's not happening, but hopefully, like, Owen, if you do make it far, and hey, I'm rooting for you, 
please, it, with, if you get a sit down with Jeff Probst and get his ear for a few moments, please let him know that, yeah, we, we too would like our theme song back. We, we too would like themed seasons back. There's a yeah. number of things I think we might like back. He's from New Orleans, uh, like our season 42 player high. Uh, I That's the only other player from New Orleans that I can think of. So I, I, there are others. I just don't know who they are. Have you been seeing high's recent Instagram posts? <laughs> the ones about the, the dogs or the ones about capitalism? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I just meant he's posted some shirtless pics that I've enjoyed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. High's hot. Okay, so his pet peeves are people who are entitled. Okay, that's fine. And people who don't know what to do at a four-way stop. Are there a lot of people that don't know what to do at a four-way stop? Is that I can a, understand a why someone... I, I would get why that's a pet peeve, but is it happening every day? Enough for it to be a pet peeve? Um, not sure, but the fact that we're like being able to wring conversation from what he said is means it's a good response to the question. Yeah, true. He says he wants to play a game like Adam Klein, uh, where he's going to keep his threat level low, so low you barely remember his game, um, had good relationships with everyone, and was his authentic super fan self. So I feel like he's going to be coming in trying to make a mark, just based on the fact that he's watched this show his whole life. Like it feels like, and I feel like in a way that was kind of like highs downfall a little bit. Yeah. For comparing our New Orleans uh, competitors. Yeah, I will say, again, not a demerit to Owen, but, like, I could use a little less fan energy from new players. So it's, like, watching the show your whole life, like, I, to me, that's a prerequisite. Well, either that or you're a recruit, but, like, we, that can just be assumed. I don't need to know that you watched it. And also, like, I don't know. I grew up at a time when, like, things that you used to do with your parents were, like, you know, um, going on walk on hikes or, like, adventures together. It's, like, now it's, like, oh, yeah, my family and I watched a show together. And, like, I have no doubt that that can be, like, bonding. But, like, I don't know how proud we should be about the fact that, like, Wait, our strongest relationship. Survivor with my family. Okay, okay. Every week it was, like, that's some of my fondest childhood memory. <laughs> but are they memories that involve your family? Or are they just, like... yeah. We because would, you talk during we it? Would, we would gather around. Yeah. And like people would phone like during the commercial breaks and be like, oh my God, you should see what happened. And we would be like, like this is like in the first like three seasons, but and not so much the third, but like in the first two seasons. And like that was like very formative years for me. And I have like so very my, specific, strong family memories about Survivor. So my question would be, do you think that that can still exist today in a culture where it's like people watch TV on their phones and there's live tweeting? Because it sounds like that's very specific to the, the the era of television. Less so, but was. these people are talking about growing up. Like he's three right, years right. old. Right, you're right. Okay. So this is... You know what? I changed my mind. Okay, good. Because we were about to fight there. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Janine Zhang, my personal favorite from the entire group. So she seems, I think, really genuine. I really like her video. She's one of the only people that I see, especially like this sort of like applies to all of reality TV, but in her intro video where it feels like she's talking naturally and not that she's talking to a camera and like with a producer on the side, like being like yeah. up, the, up the energy level. Um, so I really, really like that. She is a first generation immigrant. She thinks that she's going to be pigeonholed as an intellectual, but she's like, look, I I work in UX. That's not That's not math. That's creative right so she wants to lean into her creative side and show people that that's where her strengths are i don't know what that means i don't know how you lean, lean into your creative side on survivor but hey i'm 
I'm along for the ride with Janine. Yeah, it's like, I don't know what that means, but like, I'm here to find out. It's the uh, the Trinity the Tuck meme from Drag Race where it's like, I don't know what the fuck is playing, but like, I am living. And it's like, that's how I feel with Janine. And also to your point about her comfort during the Talking Heads, sometimes when I watch these videos and I hear certain people, I'm just like, there's no way I am going to be spending a season of television listening to this voice. Um, I think, again, for those of us watching Big Brother season 24, Jasmine is a great example of that, where it's like, is this a person's voice, like not a cartoon character? Janine falls on the other end of that spectrum where I'm like, I just feel like I could hear this voice to me. If this is emblematic of season 43, then like I am along for the ride. Is that yeah. weird? Like, but I think we do. We inherently, we analyze like voices. It's like you hear certain, again, Boston Rob, like that voice is a big part of the, the recipe that is, that makes the hoagie that is... Rob. Well, and I was just dunking on Adam Klein, and I feel like half of the reason I don't care that much for Adam Klein is that I feel like he acts for TV in the same like, in the same way as like Nick from David versus Goliath. Like it's, I just it, it really rubs me the wrong way, and it like they could be saying anything, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Uh, another example, Cochran. Hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, other things about Janine are that I really like who she picked, and I feel like this is. Um, emblematic of what we're talking about is that her two picks are Kim Spradlin. There's also a lot of Kim Spradlin in here, which, okay, like we're getting a little tired of that, but hey, I love Kim, so I'll accept that. But her other pick is Andrea Belke, which I think is really interesting. And she says, because she's outdoorsy, carried her weight and manipulated people while staying likable. And I feel like if you're just like a genuine, natural person, and if she has this ability to manipulate, then that's a great person to sort of like model your game after, if you're going to model your game after somebody. Okay, let's move on to Sammy, who, speaking of Jan Gentry, is going to be giving Jan a run for her money because he is a pet cremator. Um, Maybe he can cremate them and Jan can bury them. I don't know. But he wants to be the youngest winner ever. He is 19 years old. And he talks about uh, his strength being that he's used to working with people at their lowest moments. Uh, you know, it's always our lowest moment when we lose a pet, um, not a family member, but a pet, uh, who are often like family members. And so he's he's used to sort of like consoling people, and then he's got to go in and do his work. He's got to roast that hamster. So uh, he is an adrenaline junkie, and he wants to put on a great show. I don't know if he's going to win. Uh, it sounds like he's more interested in being like a, a TV star than a winner, but like, who knows? Are we ready for a 19-year-old winner? Is no. That, it, are, it, are, will we ever see oh, a 19-year-old winner? No, we don't need it. Also, they've had it open. In, uh, they've had the casting open to 16-year-olds for years, and they have not cast below 19. I think I for the best. Like, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like I am just smelling a lawsuit. Um, one thing about Sammy that is a little out of character based on everything that I've seen about him is that the the Survivor player who he will play, play most like, he picked Kelly Wentworth. Which, like, okay, I'm just surprised. And I say that because I don't think he's gay. (laughs) So I could be surprised again. Okay, so that is the Baca tribe. After talking about these people, uh, Evan, how do you think that they are going to fare in, especially the pre-merge, do you think that they're going to be able to pull it out in challenges? And where do you see, like, let's say, who's the first boot from this tribe? 
I think they will fare well in challenges because my instinct is to say they won't. So I'm going to say that they will. (laughs) And the person I think will fare the best in challenges, pardon me for not knowing names at this juncture, but the young lady in the front with the orange, there's two young ladies in the front with orange shorts. The young lady in the front with the pink shoes. Janine. Janine. My face. It's, it, listen, it's going to take me a long time with names. I'm, we're nine weeks into the challenge, and I still don't know people's names. <laughs> young so. lady in the front. Okay. Well, I was I trying to give, I was giving a little bit of a challenge. Wait, you're saying that she's going to be the first boot? No. Oh, sorry. I think, oh, sorry. No, no, no. I thought I said who was going to win the first oh. challenge, which I guess wouldn't even make sense. Sorry. Yeah, no. Okay, sorry. The first boot. Um. <laughs> the other young lady in the front with the orange shorts. <laughs> Ellie. Ellie is giving me a little bit first boo, honestly. Um, I think it's either her. It's either her or Sammy because he's so young and like might not gel. Or it could be Gabler. So, well, I can't pick three people. I'm going to say Sammy just to mix it up uh, because I think he might be too young to mix in with this group like fully. Unless they come across um, some animals that need cremating and he can prove his worth, I don't know what else he's going to do. Okay, let's move on to the Coco tribe. So here they are. They're serving. We've got... um, So we we only have two... Wait, this is my favorite tribe. I haven't even seen the third one, but I love it. (laughs) We we only have two... I I believe, I believe, we only have two known gay people on the season and they're both on this tribe, so work also i just love the posture of the gentleman the young gentleman in the front um that little lean i appreciate the little lean well it's because he's gay yeah well there you go that's representation let's talk about james jones he was a childhood chess champion and uh you know it's not um wait chess is the hard one checkers is the the easy one oh i always get them mixed up so chess okay so he's a chess player Great, good for him. Some people would say checkers is not as easy as it seems at at face value, but yes, checkers is believed to be. I mean, yeah, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's difficult. (laughs) Yeah, for some. I think that the rules are just a little more complex. And yeah, no, I can't play chess. So uh, I just remember that scene in the Harry Potter movie (laughs) went wrong. That's wizard's chess. Yeah, that seems complicated. That wizard's chess is hard. Oh my god! But let's not talk about her. No. Um, So. James is used to being a fish out of water because he was in the he was in these chess championships, which like I can imagine are quite white. So he's, you know, sort of like used to coming into these uh, situations like he grew up in this where he's sort of like he says he was a fish out of water and that he's like learned to adapt to different situations and sort of like figure out how to navigate that. He says he's conscious of when to take his shot and when to sit back and let people make their mistakes, which I think is really smart. But I worry about what that means for his screen time. His pet peeves are all surrounding retail experience, which I think is interesting. He's had some bad times at The Gap, I think, where he says his pet peeves are really bad customer service and pushy salespeople. So he doesn't want you being pushy, but he wants some help. Right. But on his terms. On his terms, yeah. Mm. I um, tend to be a little bit more empathetic towards a pushy salesperson because 
It's 2022. A lot of people are working under a commission-based structure, mm -hmm. and oftentimes they're putting themselves out there not because they want to, but because of this is the system with which they work in and this is how they succeed. So I don't know, James, I feel like it's like you can recognize the fact that they're not forcing you to make a sale. They're doing their job and so respectfully decline. That's how I feel about it. He loves God, so we might get some <laughs> religious content from James, unfortunately. For me. Um, right. uh, <laughs> As though there's a dearth on CBS. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the past players he wants to play like are a Sandra. He likes her anyone but me strategy, which everybody likes, but very few can pull off. Yeah. And he says if he doesn't have allies, then he may be an agent of chaos like Russell Hans, but with charm. Um, so I'm not seeing like quite the path forward in terms of like the Sandra, Russell, charm, like there's, I, I'm not seeing, I think he's just saying names at this point. So we will see, we will see. I think like the best indication we have is that he says that he is going to sit back and let people make their own mistakes. So I see uh, definitely making the merge for James and we'll see what happens from there. Right. But you can't be an agent of chaos and someone that sits back and watches as things unfold. Well, that's what um, I'm saying. I think he's yeah. just saying things for the interview. Yeah. You know, not you like making it, clear implicitly and me being like no but let's spell it out me being the one that's always like they spell things out too much and i'm like no sean what you were trying to say was i'll say the exact thing that you were alluding to yeah okay yeah yeah well yeah, hey you you're actually doing what um one of janine's <laughs> one of janine's pet peeves which i did not say was mansplaining and that's what you're doing Agreed. okay let's go to Lindsay, who is my choice uh yeah. to receive the heather aldrett edit this season <laughs> she is a caregiver. She's a well. <laughs> she's a nurse. What? I was going to say. Well, let's kick it off right away because we have a live chat going right now. Who is playing Lindsay Carmine in a movie <laughs> of Lindsay Carmine's life? Let's just like kick it off. <laughs> yeah. anyway, I can't sorry. see the chat. Um, but yes, oh, you please can't chat. See the chat. No, Evan, please like shout oh. it out. Why are people sorry, roasting okay. me in there? There were a few comments. <sighs> Okay, so Lindsay is... So, so far for Lindsay, we have a Laura Dern placement, which I couldn't agree more. Yeah, that's good, but I don't know if we can get Laura for the... No, but Laura Dern needs a good movie. I just watched the new Jurassic Park, and Laura Dern could use uh, a shift in career based off of that film. So, yeah, I'm all for her, Lindsay. The Lindsay Carmine story coming to Hulu. Yeah, well, I have to say, Felicity I don't know... Felicity Huffman is another option we, we're seeing in the chat. Oh, I would like that. Felicity yeah. needs some work. I don't know. I don't know if Felicity Huffman deserves more oh, work. Oh, And then it's like, I don't, I don't know. What? I don't know. Why? Is she a college admission scandal. Oh, who cares? We're over okay, it. Fine. Uh, <laughs> Hannah Waddingham. <laughs> Talk to Owen Knight about the college admission scandal. <laughs> Hannah Waddingham is also uh, in contention right now in the chat. Okay, don't know who that is. So Lindsay, <laughs> Lindsay is a nurse, right? So she is a caregiver. Again, just like Mike Gabler said, she's used to thriving in chaos. So she thinks that she's uh, going to do fine on Survivor. She also thinks she'll be underestimated for her age, which may very well be true. And she's assuming that she's going to be in the final three. And she points out that a mistake that people make Um well, I don't know that she ex pointed this out explicitly, but she talked about how, you know, people get to the end of something and then kind of like half-ass it. She's ready to go balls to the wall in the final three. So she's assuming she's going to be there. I have to assume that she will be there too because, hey, oh, her 
former survivors that she wants to play like are really funny because she names three. She says Natalie for mental and physical strength, Sarah, strategic, and Michelle, social. Those all could be multiple different players because she doesn't list last names. So I I would assume she's talking about Natalie Anderson, mother, Sarah Lucina, and Michelle Fitzgerald. But she could be talking about Natalie White, Sarah from Marquesas. Remember, she came in like Cleopatra on the raft. And um, <laughs> Michelle Yee. Who knows, right? Oh Maybe she's God. a really Can big Can we fan. get Michelle Yee on this podcast? I've been asking for years. Mm. Uh, okay. So, Lindsay, any thoughts on Lindsay? Do we have any more actresses? We don't have any actresses at this time, but I think Lindsay is getting very favorable reviews from the outset. I just hope she doesn't lean into the I'm an older person in a sea of youngs. Um, That's just my hope for her. Yeah. Yeah. It would be nice to see someone buck the like mother role. Yeah. But can we just be clear here? When we say mother, we are not using it in the sense of it does not. It's not age specific. Um, When I said mother mother just now, I meant like mom role, but not like. Yeah, no, no, I know. I know. There's I know it's like. (laughs) It's all about the tone. Yeah, it's the vibe. Like, Sarah Lucina is mother, and she is a mother, so that's complicated. But sometimes mother is not a mother. If anybody here is not following our challenge recaps, <laughs> then you're probably like, why the fuck are you talking about Sarah Lucina as mother? She's a maggot. Like, she's trash. Now, you're all wrong. Watch the challenge. Yeah. She's mother. Yeah. Okay. We haven't gone MAGA, but <laughs> we find ourselves at a crossroad in the sense of, that's a longer conversation. We're having a reckoning. Okay, let's talk about Ryan Medrano. He was born with, he says, mild cerebral palsy, which has, uh, uh, now he has a superpower, right? So he says that he had to learn how to read people and their facial expressions in order to keep up with conversations and situations. And so that's something that he thinks is going to help him in Survivor to be able to like read whether people are, you know, being authentic with him, lying to him, um, trying to manipulate him. And I think we'll see. This is like a really interesting story, you know, a prime candidate for a little backstory montage. Um, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out for him actually on the island. And um, is there going to be a situation um, like with Christy where he's sort of like left out of conversations because he's having a hard time keeping up? It was unclear to me like whether he's still struggling with this or like the way he was talking about it was as if it's in the past, um, but that he's it, but it's unclear to me. So I think that this could go like one of two ways. I think it could go really well for him um, and he could make it really far and potentially like based on this story, sort of like gain a lot of sympathy with the jury uh, or he's not, he's going to have trouble fitting in and go pre-merge. But I do think it's, uh, you know, a great thing to see. So he's one of at least two uh, known visibly disabled contestants on the show this season. And in addition to there being just a deficit over the years, there's also just been a bungled job of how they've handled it over the years, um, which one could say is either CBS's fault or the casting department. I mean, who knows? But there's just been some pretty gross things um, that have been said directly to disabled contestants or about them in confessionals. So I think this is an opportunity to sort of shift the narrative in the sense of how uh, CBS handles these conversations and also just giving us more depictions of disabled people. Yeah. 
Let's move on and talk about Gio Bustamante, who is a 36-year-old. He is from Hawaii, our first of two from Hawaii. I was going to say, yeah. And our first evers from Hawaii. These are the first contestants we've ever had from Hawaii on Survivor. So that's very interesting. He was born in... Wait a second. Did you bungle oh, no. the slide? No, no, no. I didn't bungle it. No, he was born... I got confused because they put where their hometown is and where they currently live. He currently lives in Hawaii. He was raised in Miami, but he was born in Peru. Mm. I... This is not the amazing race. This is Survivor. Don't ask me to do geography. So uh, he is one of our gays this season. He's hoping and to he'll be let underestimated. You know. And he'll let you know. He's got a husband in the military. He is a military wife, not unlike Sandra Diaz-Twine. So that may bode well for him. Um, he's hoping to be underestimated. He says that uh, seeing people like him succeed on Survivor gave him all this confidence. So he seems to be like a little bit of a student of the game. Great. Everybody else is. So I don't know if that gives him an advantage. Um, he wants to start playing hard. Here's my red flag for Gio. He wants to start playing really hard, and he'd rather be told to tone it down than go home with regrets. So he may come out swinging a little too hard a little too early. Wow, the first gay person to ever do such a thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do just want to mention uh, Madeline in the comment section uh, shouting out that she loves to see disability diversity on the show. Three claps, we certainly agree. And Jessica just mentioned that they were scared of Canada, so they're swapping for Hawaii. Absolutely. And maybe we'll have our first Hawaiian winner. How about that? You know what? The continental United States, they're scared shaking okay let's talk about carla who is another one of my early favorites uh one because she follows me on instagram not on drop your buffs but on soda.pop and that's a gag in itself she is a uh you won't get this in her bio but since i've been following her on social media for some time now she is a big little monster uh big lady gaga fan couldn't make it to the chromatica ball but big lady gaga fan well, um, we got that like Harry Potter conversation this year, so hopefully, I would love to see a little bit of some. You know, maybe there's a fellow monster on the some island. Some we Well, she's yeah. on a tribe with Geo, and like maybe listen. I have we to could talk about a thousand doves acoustic. Why wasn't it on the album? We could get 100%. into that on Survivor. Well, it was a bonus track. Uh, not available on Spotify. <laughs> really? No, not on Spotify. Well, it's on Apple Music. Well, Carla is. <laughs> Uh, so Carla grew up poor and learned to fend for herself. She said she grew up cheating and stealing. And so she feels like well-equipped well for this game because she knows how to lie to people. Um, she also wants to start some drama. So that's great. She wants to know everything about people, but is going to like hold her cards close to her chest. So she's talking a big game here in the preseason. But um, I just have to say, like, of all the contestants, I feel like I have, like, kept an eye on her social media the closest and i feel like she's got a really like good sense of humor like an actual it's not often these survivor players are like funny outside of survivor That's uh, true. if we're being honest and i feel like she like has actually posted original content that has made me laughed yeah. laugh, made me laugh yeah i would say uh when i think of funny survivor players on social media Lydia immediately comes to mind as being a prominent one. Yeah. But yeah, there's definitely like conversation for another day, but like a deficit of like good alumni on social media. Yeah. Yeah. They can. Anyhow. Yeah. 
But yes, I think we are both. Carla is just very much our kind of player. Like, I immediately want more from her. I'm excited to see her play the game. I'm also really curious to see who Carla will work with and align herself with early in the game. But like, yeah, I mean, Carla, Carla to the end for me. And our second pair of rainbow earrings this season. Personally, I prefer these ones. So Jess and Haley are saying the gays in the comments. Are you saying that the gays are good, typically good on social media? Because I <laughs> I would love examples of great gay players on social media. Um, I'll leave that to you. No, to you. we were. Talking- oh, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, sorry. No, we were saying that the gays will uh, align themselves with her. Mm, yeah, we're okay. both gay and really bad at social media. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Nothing wrong with that. Um, You join a healthy crop of Survivor alumni. Um, Okay, yes, no, this makes sense. I, too, hope she will align with the gays. Okay, let's talk about Cassidy Clark. Cassidy. So she's... Costume design. She's giving Shakira, almost. She's giving Tapsivation. Yeah, she's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spain is looking for you, Cassidy Clark. Uh, She... (laughs) She's almost... um, she reminds me of Sarah from Survivor 41, who, Evan, I know you don't know who that is, but she was the first voted out. Uh, she was voted out of the Ua tribe. I know, we've had this conversation before. But uh, it it's not boding well for her, but she's 26 years old. I think the thing about, uh, don't quote me on this, maybe Sarah was 26. She just seems really, really young for her age. I don't think I was this young at 26, but she just like, she's sort of like in an in-between space in her life where she's just finished college. She's about to start a career. It almost feels like this is a gap year for her. She's got nothing to lose, which is great. But then she starts to talk about, um, who was Ellie? It was Ellie who was, uh, Brene Brown. Golden? No, Ellie Scott. Ellie Scott of Survivor 43. She said that she was a wolf in Brene Brown clothes. I think it was her. I'm uh, getting confused. But Cassidy is also a little woo-woo because, um, not to say Brene Brown's woo-woo, but she is and uh, <laughs> Cassidy cast her on celebrity she on has the universe on her side because she knows how to manifest she knows all about manifesting and that her spirit animal is a fox I don't know that like we say spirit animal no um, but that she's saying it and she says that she's a trickster and a master manipulator and this is a big case of like you're gonna need to show me you're gonna need to prove it Cassidy yeah, not sure she's going to have time. Uh, like, but, waka, uh, waka. Waka, waka the walk instead of talking the talk. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a deep cut Regina Spector reference for those that do not know. No, I was doing Waka. <laughs> I was doing no, Waka, wait. Waka by Shakira. <laughs> It was not, oh, not a Regina Spector reference. I thought you were referencing carbon, carbon monoxide from Soviet Kiss. Okay, <laughs> got it. So two deep cuts here. Okay. okay. Uh, Let's talk about yeah. the Coco tribe because we've talked about them all. Uh, I think I think they're set up pretty well. Like they seem uh, more or less like pretty mature, um, physically strong. I mean, look at these guys. And uh, like I think that having sort of like the, the mother of the group, we've got... Mother Lindsay, but we've got Mother Carla. Um, I just feel like there's a lot anchoring this tribe, and the only outliers, like maybe Cassidy, who I would say like is the easy first boot. 
Yeah. For me. Um, Definitely but- prefer her hair and the pigtails. I think it's a, a, a better look for her. Um, now, Jess and Haley are sharing that Cassidy is giving them Tory vibes, which I think we can all mm, agree with. And yeah. Madeline mentioned that Spirit Animal is very 2011, and so I'm guessing Cassidy peaked in high school because that's where she was then. <laughs> which feels like a burn, but it's just a fact. Well, <laughs> it's very 2011, and it's also like very 2011 because we realized very quickly that like cultural appropriation of like indigenous culture is not okay. So yeah, um, but we're also on Survivor here, which is like the entire name of the game. So. Maybe she's not aware. Um, okay, Coco Tribe, love them, love them. I think they're going to yeah. do great. Can't wait. And it, like, we love a little chaos with Cassidy. Like, you know. Yeah, but it's like she's going to need to turn up the chaos meter. Let's talk about Fessy, who is another okay, interesting so just tribe. Imme- yeah, immediately though, it's like I also I'm into this tribe aesthetically. So it's like I I'm curious. Uh, I feel like we started with uh, that cast cast photo from the first one was giving me like and America's Next Top Model season I haven't mm. watched. These last two feel like classic seasons. Uh, Vessi, Vessi, I think is going to be Vessi, Vessi Tribe, Messy Tribe for me. And we'll get Great. into why. We'll get into why. Let's okay. first talk about Is this about something that someone's Dwight. done before the show or off the show? What do you mean? Is there someone like in this tribe that's like, wait, when they're messy, is it because someone's oh, probably oh, like off the show? Oh, you'll see. You'll see. Okay. Is it in the slide? We'll get to her. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, let's talk first about Dwight. Um, I feel like I didn't really pick up a lot about Dwight in his intro video, um, except that he interviewed politicians as a child. Um, yeah. He says that he interviewed, uh, he's interviewed Cory Booker, Madeline Albright, Colin Powell, and Condoleezza Rice. Those are some big names. Big Who names. he has not interviewed, but he would desire to interview is Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Barack, if you are one of the 12 participants in this Patreon right now, for whatever reason, or if one of you 12 Patreon members has access to the former president, let them know that Dwight Moore would like that interview. He came close, but he didn't get it. And so perhaps this platform of Survivor CBS, 6 million viewers can get him that coveted interview. But he just won re- an Emmy, so I think there's there's a lot to dive into with Barack about the presidency and then winning an Emmy. True. And uh, if you do reach National out to Security. Dwight, just make sure that you do not make a reference to the office because that is one of his pet peeves. Which I, I, can, I can understand. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't personally. Uh, he hopes to emulate Wendell's game from Ghost Island, which I think is interesting. You don't often hear Wendell thrown out as somebody that people would like to play yeah. with. And maybe I that's understand why. Winners at war, but, but uh, yeah. He did it's win. like both like, yeah, it's like on the one hand, it's like, why Wendell? But then I'm also like, you know what? Refreshing to hear a player that's not often cited. And Wendell did play a good game. It might have to do with like when he came into Survivor and like when he was watching to, you know, that leaves a lasting impression. Yeah. Can we move on? Because I want to talk about mess. This is NECA. Oh, this is good. So I'm scared. NECA is, has a very interesting story here, right? She talked about being from Nigeria. She moved to the U.S. 16 years ago. Um, she says she, play, she's, uh, she teaches integrity to her children. She can't lie. She can't cheat. She's relying on her social game in order to get people to do what she wants. So she's just going to be upfront about everything. Her pet peeves are mediocrity and laziness. Keep this all in mind because it's important. Um, she wants to play like Sari. NECA voted for Trump. And she's a pharmacist who's anti-vax. 
Is that going to play into the narrative on the show? Probably not. And how Probably did you lean this? So on her Twitter account, uh, people much smarter than me found some tweets which are not visible on her main feed. You have to swipe to the tweets and replies uh, where she was replying to people talking about how Trump should step down and being like, uh, I don't think so. He's like the greatest president we've ever had. Landslide 2020. Um, so take that for what it is. Uh, so excited to see NECA. We love mass. We are, we are in our era of standing. <laughs> I was going to say she kind of fits the bill. <laughs> so maybe NECA mother. We'll see. Yes, but like truly who saw this coming who saw this development coming all right well best of luck to her she gave us something to talk about may the best woman win let's talk about cody ass much <laughs> cody uh, is a real character cody is a real character he gives I me really big, i feel like he would fit in on david versus goliath Mm. Do you know what I, I really mean? like that ne- ne- that necklace? You like it? Yeah, a lot. Yeah, it's very broke down palace. Mm. For that movie, <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so his entire personality is living in Hawaii. Um, hopefully, he packed it and brought it to Fiji with him. He has based his entire personality on literally living in Hawaii. He's not even from Hawaii; he's from Iowa. So he moved to Hawaii, <laughs> um, and he does a lot of like this whatever that is um he's got a really like he's got a really interesting cadence to the way he speaks uh he's he hates lazy people he hates social media addicts so sorry evan um he hates people clipping nails in a public location so no one likes that that's not like a thing that's like people feel favorably about i would say that the people clipping their nails in public like it I don't know. I feel like they kind of wish they weren't doing it, but they have to do it because they have to Out get rid of, of necessity. their nails. Out of necessity. Yeah, I don't think they're like, oh, it's a real fetish for me to clip my nails in public. I think it's like, God damn it, I have no time and left in the day. It's like when you see people eating on the subway, more often than not, I think they would prefer to be eating this meal elsewhere. It's just circumstances such where they got to eat. Girls got to eat. So not only is he an ass and mocker, but he's also got a tattoo on his ass and mocker, which says... Something like, I mean, the reports vary because in the video, uh, in his intro video, he says that it's a, he's got the word live in, live in. Um, but elsewhere, it's, he said something else. So I'm not sure if it's like two words or one word or if they cut him off. Um, but hopefully we get a chance to see it on the show. Um, he wants to play like Malcolm. Oh, here's something interesting. Oh, I posted this on the Instagram is that. Several, the thing we may not know, they asked them, what's something we may not know about you? And all the answers are truly awful. And his answer is, several of my bottom front teeth are fake. And I'm this close to calling Brenda. Wow. Get her on the line. <laughs> that was dark. Well, was we dark. had her on the line for We had her on the line while. and uh, she got away. <laughs> um, well, she'll be back. Um, but I do just want to mention uh, elevator sales. I have... You know those Vogue 73 questions videos? That's me mm-hmm. with the amount of questions I could ask to an elevator salesperson. That is just such a, I have so many questions about elevator sales. That is a fascinating occupation, I feel. Or maybe one could say it's deeply unfascinating and that's why I'm fascinated by it. But like, I have some questions about business for Cody Asenmacher. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. 
He's giving me staff member at the White Lotus Hotel. What do you think is a good, um, what do you think is a good target for an elevator salesperson? Like, do they have a target for the year? Like you have to sell this many elevators to be successful? That's a good question. Or do you get like into one massive building that has a ton of elevators? And then is there a differential between- But like a ton of elevators is like six. I don't know. Like some of these, no, no, no. Some of these newer buildings and then they have elevators in places you don't even know. Mm. I don't know. It's like, I feel like there's, again- we got to get a, an elevator salesperson on the line. So that Have you ever seen those elevators this? that are a digital screen and you say the floor you're going to and then it just like, it arranges it so that it's like efficient? It's incredible. Maybe he sells those. Yeah, or maybe so maybe he's, be- oh, but then you have, wait, there's an other contestant who's a UX designer. Yeah. Is there any way, like, can these yeah, skill sets come together? Yeah, up. They're on different tribes, but who knows what could happen come the merge. Swap, merge. I mean, a lot can happen. Okay, moving on, Cody. Okay, Noelle. Noelle Lambert. She grew Is up. Is she queuing on? <laughs> <laughs> I I hope she is, actually. Yeah. She grew up as a lacrosse player, and a moped accident caused her to lose her leg. Uh, she didn't give up sports. She ended up taking up track and field, where she competed at the Tokyo Paralympic Games and set a U.S. record. So she was not at the London Games. She did not see the Spice Girls perform. Nothing to talk about there. No need to bring up the Spice Girls. For anyone who doesn't know or would like to hear more Spice Girls chat, please go listen to our Snake in the Grass episode 2 recap. Um where there's plenty of Olympic content and plenty of Spice Girls content, but has nothing to do with Noelle Lambert here. She she says that she wants to prove her athleticism and worth to the tribe. So, you know, obviously, like, obviously she is uh, well and able to do so. Is she going to have a target on her back early on? I mean, we saw what happened with Kelly Bruno in Nicaragua, but that was a different time. Right. I do want to mention JH in the, ta- in the chat is saying that they have met Noelle and that she is no. a badass. So excited to see her play. She may bring Lindsay from 42 vibes, athletic, tough, but kind. So I think it's really exciting, the possibility of Noelle going long in this game. One thing I do want to highlight, though, and this is uh, likely no, um, this is not a Noelle comment so much as a CBS comment, but like the very first shot of Noelle is of her leg. And I just feel like this show, again, it's just like so much about pointing out people like wanting to put it's like we're trying to move away from stereotypes as a culture and i just feel like they like zoom in at the thing so much and i guess the argument is it's like well what if that is what she feels is the most defining thing about her so so perhaps it's not bad but i don't know there's something about the framework of it like not being her her first thing that she introduced herself as and cbs's first thing like that to me is the difference so i don't want to say it's necessarily like bad or problematic that's not it at all but i just wish that it was i wish i was able to learn about it on noelle's terms if that makes sense do you think that noelle applied to be on survivor i know they're out of the era of recruiting but it just seems like do you think that like truly like a record-setting paralympic athlete is sending in an audition tape to survivor or do you think survivor reached out I think, well, I mean, it could go either way, but I feel like there's a lot of reasons why. I mean, we see these former athletes all the time, and it's like, if you're an Olympian, from what I understand about the, it's like you, once you're done competing, you're still young. I mean, she's yeah. quite young, but like if her tenure in the Olympics is done, this feels like a very viable, great next thing to do. And True. it's like the skill set of an Olympian, it's certainly uh, is going to help in the game of Survivor. What I really like is that for her survivor that she would play the most like, she 
says Kelly Wentworth, but specifies. So it's giving like super fan because she says Kelly Wentworth on her second season, which is really the only Kelly Wentworth you want to play like. I don't know, because I liked Kelly Wentworth on her first season, and then it all went downhill for me from there. But I understand from a gameplay perspective how you'd want the second season. So what she liked about Kelly was that her tribe mates didn't think she was a big threat, but she found the hidden immunity idols and created blind, blind sides to help blind sides to help further herself in the game. So I don't know. Um, I just like that she specified, because a lot of people would just say Kelly Wentworth, and it's like, do you really want to play like Kelly Wentworth? I don't. Let's talk about Jesse Lopez, another early favorite. He's definitely, if I'm putting my money on who's getting a background montage, it is absolutely Jesse Lopez. I'm putting all my money on him because people think I'm this way, but I'm actually very this that. Way. Very that. He was in a gang as a teenager. It's giving Shan. Now he has a PhD. It's giving Shan, who allegedly has a PhD. I haven't seen it, but uh, he feels. <laughs> Uh, he feels that both of these experiences, both like being in the gang and then having this like academic achievement are going to help him with Survivor. I think he's probably right. Like, I think he could do really well. He seems like a very like charismatic guy. Um, and he seems like easy to get along with for somebody with like gang background. It's like, he seems like very gentle, very like, you know, um, it's, 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 you think he's one way, but he's another way. Um, so I think that he's going to be like a big character on the show i think they're really going to lean into him i do have like some issues with his bio uh and that's that uh he the survivor he would play the game most like is spencer and he's not talking about spencer from token chains uh though i would respect that more um or christian from david versus goliath and it's like okay but but he specifies if they got jumped into a gang at 15 <laughs> so so these imaginary versions of Spencer or Christian, okay, like at least I'm intrigued. Um, he says that he's spent more hours thinking about how people vote than Sandra and Boston Rob combined. It's like, don't you wish you could have those hours back? <laughs> like, yeah, ask me, it. ask me. Okay, so Jesse, interesting. Anything to say about Jesse, Evan? No. But not in a shady way. Let's talk about Justine, who I also really like. So Justine, she's like very charismatic. And I, I had the benefit of like not just watching her video, but um, Mike Bloom has been doing his long form interviews and those uh, he's put the interviews for this tribe specifically. They're already up on Rob has a podcast. So I've like listened to a lot of it, but not all of it. Um, Justine's really was the one that like stood out to me. Uh, so she watched the first 15 seasons as they aired. Then she quit like life got in the way. And then she caught up on all of them during the pandemic. Imagine and cutting out right before Micronesia, being like done at China, and then being like, okay, peace. I'll come <laughs> back and I'm visit over this, this show. one day. I'm over this show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but imagine like, what, you, what you get to come back to. How exciting. Uh, it would really draw you in. Uh, she is Filipina. She was very uh, inspired by, uh, she says, not just Gabby Pascuzzi, but seeing Erica go on and talk about um, her family background and then winning. Um, so she's very inspired by Erica. And I love that she shouted out Gabby. Like it shows yes. me like she wasn't kidding. She wasn't kidding when she said she binged it all and like was serious. All time great it. player. Um, she's also very, uh, you, what you see is one thing, what you're going to get is another thing. Because, I was just going to say, yeah. and I feel like she got it more than anyone in the worst way, because it was very much given like, people think I'm the most beautiful woman in the world, but once they get to know me, they learn I'm that and more like, and I, and again, I don't think that is who she is. Like I feel in that moment that it felt 
the, you felt the producer's hands in all of that. I felt like she was boxed into sort of presenting herself in a certain way, but it did give a little bit of an air of like, you might think life is easy for me because I'm so beautiful, but like I have a lot more to offer in addition to this gorgeousness. And it's like, okay. She's also wearing the most she interesting outfit to me in this Absolutely. press photo. I, yeah, no, like the detail of the design. Yeah, really, really It's great. truly fascinating. I stared at it for hours. It's um, fashion. But it's not what she's wearing on the island. On the island, she is, she is bringing back wearing the buff as a tube top. I am snapping. I'm crackling. I love it. Absolutely. So this tribe is going to be really interesting. Do we want to guess at a first boot for this tribe? Yeah. I think it's tough. I'm going the young woman in the front with the black socks. You mean NECA? Yeah. I don't think she's that young. Well, I was just being... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, I would have to say NECA as well, honestly. Uh, She could have a hard time, like, integrating with the group. Like, I think a lot of these people would vibe together, and I'm just... I'm not convinced NECA's going to vibe. And uh, if politics come up, it's going to be a problem for her. Unless we come to find out that she's not in the minority politically. (laughs) She is the silent majority. It's like, that's the gag. Exactly. It's like, oh my God, like it's a MAGA season. And that's it. Uh, Okay, before before we wrap it up and and open it up to the patrons, uh, Evan, winner pick. And please don't say the young lady on the front. Okay, well, I'm going to have to. Um... (laughs) No, um, I am giving it to the gentleman that's all the back all the way to the right. Brian? I don't know his name. The, the one last beside Carla? the last the I don't know who that is. Oh my god. He's okay. in a blue button down. Yeah, that's Ryan. Okay, Ryan. I'm giving it to Ryan. Okay, interesting. Um I wanna say Carla, just because I like her. Yeah. Although having talked about them all, I almost want to say Janine, but um, I'm going to say Carla. I'm sticking with Carla. Um, thank you all so much for joining us. This is we're so heartened to see that there is a thriving community of Drop Your Buffers. We will do more of these. So if you had fun, please uh, come back again soon. And uh, and also we say I've said this, said this sometimes, but if there are topics you would like to see us broach, I know that there's been a lot of chatter about wanting us to take on the hottest men of Survivor, uh, which we will gladly do soon. Our season rankings will be coming out soon as well. Obviously, the 43 recaps will will be underway shortly. But if there's topics you want to see us get to, interviews you want to see us uh, take on, uh, you, are our, our who, you, know, you are who we uh, owe our air quote success to. So we appreciate any and all feedback. Yes, thank you. And I can't wait for the next one of these. Um, We'll probably do a live at some point early on in 43 to dig into what these changes are and how these people are doing. So come back. It's going to be fun. Yeah. And stream A Thousand Doves acoustic version on Apple Music. Anyway, thank you all so much. We appreciate you greatly. It's been a pleasure. Okay. Have a great night. Good night. Bye. Bye. Bye.